again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast for bringing games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I am the control freak of this episode, Andrew. With me, the one who's losing his grips on reality, Keith. Hello. And the one who is always out of control, Liz. Hey, guys. And this week was my pick. And I bet you couldn't figure out that I picked Control by Remedy. So, this is our third Remedy Studios game. For those of you who have been listening to us for a while, we have now so far covered Alan Wake, Quantum Break, and now Control. So Control is a third-person action action adventure game with a slight hint of Metroidvania in it. But you are playing Jesse Faden, a girl who lost her brother a good 15 years ago who was taken by this Federal Bureau of Control because you guys ended up causing this weird event in your small town. And there was some alterations to both you and your brother. You were able to run away, but your brother was captured and brought in. So you have been hunting down this bureau for the longest time. You finally discovered it. And then you find out that things aren't quite what they appear. And things quickly change from there. So starting off, for me, this is an absolute must play. I loved Control. This is honestly more than like is a very good chance this might be my game of the year. I love this game so much. I, I, the only people I will not recommend this game for is if you just don't like Remedy Studio games, if you've played their previous ones, you kind of understand their stories are very, really supernatural, a little sci-fi, just all over the place. So some things are really kind of hard, like easy to miss. So if you're someone who really just doesn't want to sit and try to figure things out and you're looking for something mindless, this is not the game for that. You can easily get lost, very confused, but this is, I think, by far Remedy Studio's best game. I love I love the story. I love the the uh, the combat. This is an absolute must play. So, I think this is definitely a game. I don't have nearly the the profound love that you have for it. I think it's very good. I really enjoyed it, um, and and I'm gonna give it give it the old game for sure. But Ooh, a uh, game for sure. Yeah, it's a new ranking for you. Yeah, you know, it's always something. I mean, I feel like you guys know that I loved Alan Wake and Quantum Break. And for me, this is three out of three. I really like this game. And I was telling Andrew the other day that we've been playing a lot of pixelated games and platformers. And this was just so refreshing. I like those styles of games. But when all of a sudden you have just like a really story-based, beautifully graphic game, it just, oh, I felt wonderful. So starting off with the story, I'm at least going to say now, I'm going to try really hard not to do any spoilers, but... Uh, I also covered the DLC. I'm going to try to not say anything about the DLC to the end of the episode. I'm going to try my hardest not to spoil anything, but if you do plan on playing this game and you're looking forward to it, just just go to it now. I just recommend that. But getting into the story, as I said, you first come to this bureau, you're looking for your brother, and this is right off the bat, the story gets just insane. It, It just, nothing's really explained. You're just walking through this building and then all of a sudden weird people are talking to you you find someone who shot themselves, you pick up their gun and hey, you're the director and now everything's like just everything just goes insane real quick. I will say at first the story just to me I was like this is like all over the place. I don't get what's going on. But the more I played it and the more the more I just enjoyed it. I actually I got a lot of vibes from different TV shows when it came to the story. So if you're a fan of like X-Files, Fringe, The Twilight Zone, this game will be, you will love this game because this is very much, the story is all about just 
altered universes, astral planes, paranormal stuff. It was really cool. I was a little nervous that they wouldn't know where to go with it. So I remember... Me too. I was expecting just like everything to just not be explained. What's that game like that was... That kind of reminded us of Twin Peaks. It was like a... There was a clown. Oh, I was going to say Kona, but... It was a clown. It was took place in the 80s. There was a, a I think clown. Of it? That's a movie. The Specks of Dust. <laughs> oh, 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 are you talking oh. about Thimbleweed Park? What? Thimbleweed Park? Yes. Yeah, okay. with Thimbleweed Park, I felt like that's what happened, where they had this buildup, and they were just like, it, we're in a video game. Like, I was nervous that they wouldn't have a place to go. And I also thought that with the beginning – it was almost like a little bit too like the characters were almost a little bit too dramatic. I understand like a lot's going on for this main character, but like some of the lines were a bit cringy. And so for me, like I feel like if you're gonna have a game like this and it's very dramatic, unlike the other Remedy games we played, there wasn't that much humor in the game. In the collectibles there were, like they were talking about like young adult novels and shifting bathrooms and stuff. But I felt like I, I needed to either know more about the characters and have some, like, more humor or something. I don't know. But right off the bat, I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I would have wanted more humor in this game. I think I know what you're saying. Like, a lot of the, the different files and folders and, and collectibles, it's got these weird little storylines. And some of them are a little bit cheeky, I guess. Um, like, right off the bat, like, the first thing you pick up, it's like, hey, no bringing in rubber ducks and kind of like what what's wrong yeah. with a rubber duck and like and to your point andrew you know they don't tell you any of the reason why there's anything wrong with any of these items but it it's just kind of weird right off the bat I, i'm gonna shock you here i thought the story was pretty good in this i that is very shocking i did not care for the ending and well table that because again no we're avoiding spoilers and and all that but the ending was really the only point of it that i just went really and it it bothered me i was not a fan but i wanted to know what happened i was very very curious about all that and it took a couple little twists okay at the end of the episode keith we'll talk about the end because the dlc does explain a bit more about the end so fair there'll be pretty heavy spoilers at the end so We'll try to keep that at the end, though, for people who want to skip it. So, Liz, I do kind of agree. I kind of wish there was there was actually a decent amount of explanation with the characters when you're looking at the collectibles and reading some of the dialogue, seeing some of the media. It does explain some of them. My biggest complaint is how do these people live? I, I don't know. It's kind of a weird, like, a weird nitpicky thing. But do these people have apartments or do they just live in this building? Well, I like, was who pays them? Do they have families? Are you I talking was about, anyone... about that too? But they do have wives. And for instance, there's a collectible. And when he was talking about meeting his wife at a restaurant, and in the bottom it said, remember her ages, and then underlined 46 or something. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they actually do leave, but they were on lockdown at that point, like when everything started happening. But it's like. There's, like, no concept of time in this place because they're always in an astral plane or some sort of threshold. Well, that's what I mean. I feel like you would have to have a sense of humor or, like, I mean, they're they're living in an environment where there are these weird shifts. Like, all of a sudden, you could be in a room and a shark and a ton of water come in and you could be eaten. That's the other thing. How does it work? (laughs) Yeah. So, for me, like, I mean, I do feel like, uh, I think his name is Arish or something. Yeah. 
the security I guy? I feel like he had the most personality, but I feel like the whole time I was trying to think, like, are these people incompetent? Like, you also see the collectible <laughs> where they're talking about how, like, don't smoke in the in the quarry because I always have trouble pronouncing that name. Quarry? I mean, that word. Quarry. 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 Because they're like, it might affect, like, the threshold or whatever. Like, and all this bad stuff is happening. And she's like, I don't know if I can trust them. And I was like, I want to know if they're competent. Like, <laughs> no one's thanking her. Like, oh, you're this random girl off the street and you're, you know, saving our lives. There's no, like, you should be, like, freaking bowing to her. Not, like, be like, hey, can you do more for me? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, what good, what good is a video game if everyone under the sun doesn't need you to do everything for them? I know. Oh, that's true. But I, I also wanted to uh, point out that there are these um, uh, projector slides that play like off and on throughout the game. Like you go to a room, and it's darling in it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I read in one of the collectibles. One of them was like, "Why are we even in these videos?" Like he just has a standing there. And there's one point I think it was in the first one or might have been the second one that I saw, and he hands over his coffee to the female assistant, and he's surrounded by tables. And I just wanted to smack him. <laughs> You're, if you're going to hand a scientist, a female scientist, a coffee, like, oh, that's your job in this video, like, get out of here. But then you have this female protagonist. So it's like, so at first I was thinking, oh, maybe this was, you know, shot in the 60s or something. No, no, he's still around. And I was just like, I just want to smack that guy. I never noticed that. Oh, that I did. did not even occur to me. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe that comes with the territory. I, I don't know. But, yeah, I didn't pick up on that at all. I also didn't dive deep on a lot of the like underground lore of this game i started reading out a bunch of the collectibles when i got them at least scanning through them i was kind of curious and then there's just so many of them that i was like this is really not necessarily so much about story as it is about just i don't know building a bigger picture to the to the world i guess and so i kind of checked out yeah no I, i agree with you keith a lot of it really isn't necessary it's not like oh this question is only answered if you read through the stuff. Majority of the stuff you're getting, I still thoroughly enjoyed reading them because the overall like paranormal aspect of the Federal Bureau of Control, you're reading a bunch of case files, different objects, what these objects did, what situation happened in this area. So there were just like these really cool stories that I personally loved reading. I just love reading the correspondence between the people that worked there, like memos and stuff to each other. Like there was this guy who was complaining about like how we have these stupid mail tubes and like it, it, all of a sudden your mail will go to a, a different plane and then you ha- you can't be reimbursed and stuff. Like I just I thought that stuff was funny. I didn't go too much into like the the objects and everything. Yeah. So that's what I like. Like this story is very this game is very much just what you want to get from it, you can. I feel like this almost needs to be like a book or like a graphic novel. I feel like I it would really fit. I, I feel like it would be so hard to do the way that everything just keeps changing and shifting. I mean, maybe some of these small stories you could do like, yeah, maybe short graphic novel stories of, but I don't know. See, this is where... Book, I feel it would be confusing. When you say that, actually, as far as like shifting stories and all these things... This is where I almost wish they had taken a little bit of quantum break in that, like, the chapter breaks, you could make decisions that altered the course of the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a big shift away from what the game is, obviously, but it just feels like, I don't know, the game is control, and it would be cool if you could control more of it in the aspect of controlling where the story goes and the development. Maybe you choose, you know, kind of 
between two people at some point and who lives and who dies type of thing. I just, I thought that would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Because you had the guy that was, like, staring at the refrigerator, and it's like, oh, do you help him out or, or not? Or or even, like, I hey, mean... Didn't it ask you yes or no? Sorry to interrupt you, but didn't it actually give you the option when you first talked to him? If you haven't... I don't think so. I don't, oh. I don't remember that. I thought but, it like, did. Anyways, go on. Different things. Like, there was um, something written about how, like, uh, they blamed a polar bear for an incident. Um, and, and everyone believed it because, you know, obviously we're gullible and everything. Um, but yeah, if there was consequences to your decisions that may be affected like somewhere in the world. Yeah. I, I think it would have been kind of cool, especially to, since you are the director, maybe it would have been kind of cool to have some sort of management abilities, maybe like sending troops to a certain area. Because one cool thing about this game is you actually are picking up mods and resources to kind of upgrade your gun. So I think it'd be kind of cool if maybe you had some directorial roles where you could actually farm resources or something like that. But I mean, overall, like... I don't know. None of this like still took away the story for me. I I loved the collectibles. They're very they're all over the place. They weren't hard to find. They were fun. This is very typical of Remedy too. They had it same with like Alan Wake and Quantum Break. It is just a lot of kind of fun stuff you can read. I was disappointed there was no play to read though. Oh my gosh! Right, like I was looking Break. for it. Yeah. Maybe we missed it. Well, no, because I think instead of the play, they replaced it with the, the Threshold Club? Kids. Oh. Oh goodness. Oh, my well, Which, so actually, before I, we way, go into this, okay. I, I I was going to say, this game between, Alan, I guess Alan Wake had a little bit of a creepy vibe to it. Quantum Break wasn't at all, but this game was very creepy in its own right. Yes. Like like you said, the voices as you're walking through the halls, just muttering mostly unintelligible, or what's the It's what's the, just gibberish. It's like yeah. chanting. Yeah. But like, you have just these weird chanting voices, and then, like you said... The Threshold Kids. So, did you ever find the proposal for the Threshold Kids? There's, Maybe, there's, but I don't know if... I probably didn't read it if I did. It was a collectible, and so supposedly the uh, FBC created this show to educate the kids of the agents to explain kind of things that are going on. Oh, And they yeah. specifically said, like, it's going to be low budget, we're just going to use people in the science department to voice it, we can create some puppets. So they kept saying, like, how low budget it was going to be. But obviously, it, this is obviously for the game and not meant to be real. But who would think these were okay for kids? This is terrifying. Which, by the way, Threshold Kids, I feel like that's an awesome name for a punk band. Yeah, I would I, I would agree with that. But yeah, it's... That or a it, ska band. Yeah. Do you know what it reminded me of, Keith? I know this is kind of dating us a little bit, but it reminded me very much of Salad Fingers. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I was... it's, it's real puppets. But they're super creepy looking. Like one of the characters is Uncle Bones. He's literally a skeleton with like a baby doll face on his head and just yells at the kids really creepily. Ah, see, I, was, it's nightmare fuel. <laughs> so I don't know if you had the same thought or not, but as I was watching, I think it was maybe like the second one I saw. I kind of had this feeling that it was almost a weird storytelling of you and your brother is when you were kids. Because, like, I think the first one I found, at least, it's them talking about, like, they found this item and, you know, should we use it? I think it was a TV in that, in the actual show. But, I mean, it's a slide projector in your actual storyline. It's a TV there. So it almost had this vibe of, like, it was based on you and your brother. which Yeah, but with the other episodes, I wouldn't think so. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Because they're not siblings, and then one of the episodes that 
the girl's uh, mother is dead and she's reading a letter about how her mother died as an agent. Oh yeah, that one was real creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't there was there was something about the line in it where yeah, like crying about their mother dying and they're like, "Oh well, that's just life." Yeah. Ugh. It's <laughs> I, but I, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't disturbed. do it. I wanted to find more of them. Oh well, yeah, I mean, it, it added to that kind of creepy feeling of the game, but it was, yeah, I, it was weird, but it fit yeah. in its own right, and that's what I liked about it. I also wanted to bring up because we were just talking about the collectibles, how you actually don't have to look at them and stuff. I thought it was really interesting how many side missions there were, but also timed missions. And Andrew said that he wasn't getting that many timed missions. I got them all the time. At like, first, I wasn't. Yeah, but I was the entire time. Yeah. And so I, at first, I was I was doing them, and then I just kind of got sick of it. Like I want, I liked the side missions. I liked doing those, but the timed missions, I was just like, I have so much that I need to do. <laughs> Which ones are you talking? Are you talking about the? There, there were like uh, the, bureau alerts is what they were. Oh, yeah, the bureau alerts. Yeah, you only really needed to do those to get the achievement. But outside yeah, of that, well, you could just leave them alone because I personally was not doing a lot of extra traveling if I didn't have to, especially across sectors. You got a significant amount of resources for doing them. So as I said, the gameplay, I think, of Control is by far Remedy's best gameplay. I loved it. And so this game, yes, you are kind of set on a linear path, but it is also kind of open world. Like I said before in the intro, this game has slight touches of Metroidvania to it. You're not really getting like a ton of abilities like, oh, you now have a grappling hook to get to this area. You get some. It's more of you're just getting like an access card to open doors that you couldn't before. And yeah, every once in a while it appears there's a timed event. Hey, enemies are attacking this area. Go kill them. And you kill them, you get some resources, you can upgrade your guns, buy new mods for your gun, new mods for your character. So, like, it did give you a reward for it, but I, I, I loved the gameplay of this game. Yeah, I think that the travel, it, like, didn't really bother me. Yeah. I actually thought the checkpoints were great, and obviously you have, like, the elevators as well. So yeah. I thought that that was really great. The only part that I hated was... I died a fair amount. And when you die, you have to go back to the last checkpoint. And sometimes it was kind of far enough to be very inconvenient, if, especially if you were really struggling with like a mini boss or something. Yeah, that was by and large my biggest gripe with the game as a whole. Is So I know, Andrew, you've got your 1X or Series X. You've got no load time, so it's no problem for you. But I know I'm still just running a poor man's 1X over here. And... Well, the load time isn't terrible. It's I, I timed it's it out. True. It's somewhere between 15 to 30 seconds, depending on where you're traveling to. But it's not a, not a lot. But to Liz's point, if you're dying a fair amount at a boss or a certain part with, I don't know, a little bit of platforming or something along those lines, and you keep having to reload and keep having to respawn far back, it gets really annoying. Like, I know I mentioned it to you, Andrew. There's one of the... Objects of power, I think, is what it is. There's no, it was an altered item, which I still don't fully understand. But <laughs> the, it was this flamingo, and you'd have to run a fair distance to get to it, and then it would like sprint away, and you'd have to chase it down this long hallway. It wasn't even a chase, really. You just went down a straight hallway, and just added time. If I'm gonna die at a boss, just respawn me at that boss. 
until I leave or I beat it. That's that's something that really bothered me about it. Even if I had no load times, I still would have been annoyed with that. I agree. I I was playing on Andrew's Xbox, and not only were the load screens so much better, but I mean the graphics and everything. Like I, I was kind of bummed whenever I had to use my Xbox. I will say I highly recommend this game if you have an Xbox Series X or in a Series S. The load times, I do agree with you guys. Like even having the Series X, I mean it's it is a lot quicker for me. But I saw it on Liz, and it does kind of stink. But there isn't a ton of load times. If you're switching a floor, fast traveling to like another another area, you're gonna get some load times. Yeah, you get some when you die. But I will say I was impressed that it wasn't. I didn't feel like it was over the top for how many load times there were, how long they were. Well, what kind of um, irritated me about that, actually, just as a side thought, is so there are certain areas like the Panopticon where you had an upper and a lower area, and it would actually switch without a load screen on those sometimes. Sometimes it wouldn't, which was just weird. But mostly it would switch between it. But if I'm not switching between sectors, why don't they all just load without a load time? Or why is it not so much faster? Because all of those other areas I can walk to or I can fast travel to, I can walk to without any load time. So it was just weird to me. Is it because the enemies respawn, maybe? I don't know. Maybe that, or I don't know if it's something to do with rendering, or I don't know. But it was just, it was it was a weird thought to me that, I don't know, I guess I couldn't just fast travel within a sector without loading the game. But uh, I do agree with you guys. As far as Remedy games go, this is by far the most difficult. Uh, you, you go from full health to dead real quick. Sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, because so the enemies have levels above their head, which I thought was a nice feature. This isn't one of those games where, you know, it's not an RPG. You're not really leveling up. I mean, you upgrade your guns and they get stronger. But it's not like one of those things where, oh, even at the beginning area, now those enemies are level eight and super strong. No, they're always just level one. They're always level three. So it's nice kind of going to an area and seeing that everyone's like a level one. You're like, cool, I'm just going to blast these guys and just get out of here. And then you can kind of tell if you're in an area that you probably shouldn't be in because these guys are level eight and maybe your gun isn't strong enough for them. So I liked it had this like kind of slight feature of it of kind of showing you maybe you shouldn't go here yet. Maybe you should. But I will say as far as the bosses go, I thought the bosses overall were pretty easy. Yes. And yeah. I also was, I thought it was a huge mess with the bosses. I felt like they could have done such cooler and more interesting boss fights. As far as the boss fights go... All you're essentially fighting are beefier, normal guys that you're fighting. And I thought that was so disappointing. Oh, the flying guy, he's hes a flying boss, and he doesn't have any other new abilities. He just has a lot of health. Then you kill him, and it's like, oh, now I see these enemies all the time. Oh, here's, you know, a soldier. He's just more health. So I thought the boss fights overall were just so disappointing. With a game that where you have telekinesis, levitation, you have this transforming gun, like, I thought they could have done some really cool mechanic boss fights, and there wasn't any. But so going back to what you were saying, Andrew, about the the numbers above the head, honestly, it it felt like I just didn't need to be there to me. They made a big point. I feel like when you're in the load screens, they talk about it. They bring it up when they first introduce it, but it just didn't feel like it mattered. And it wasn't the number four above the head that I honestly, I could half the time I couldn't tell what the number was saying. But if it was a number four or number one, I knew if I was getting shot and killed once or I could take a you know a handful of bullets and be fine, I knew I should or shouldn't be there. It's It was just like a weird feature to me. But that being said, the boss fights were 
Yeah, they were pretty easy. There was definitely a couple that were just kind of, you know, a beefed up enemy. But I thought there was some that were kind of interesting. Um, like the anchor for the object, that object of power, that weird little, well, or not little, but the, the one that popped up and you just had to shoot it in the eye a bunch. Yeah, but, then there was the mold. But I mean, you didn't do anything interesting. It very was easy to figure out that's the weak spot. And yeah. they only had like one or two attacks. Yeah, really. And and that was the th- the one drawback to it was that, yeah, as much as they were a little bit different, you had to use some of your actual uh, special abilities to try and beat them. The hardest part about them were like dumb aspects, like that the big worm thing that you shot in the eye. The hardest part was just making sure you didn't accidentally fall in one of the holes yep. that it smashed. Yeah. Like that's what the I did. boss <laughs> fight itself was largely very easy. But I just kept falling in the holes or just as I'm strafing to get away from it or, or watch it and shoot it, I just run off the cliff and I'm like, ah, dang it. That was that was it. So kind of a miss on the boss fights, I agree. See, I, I agree with Keith, though. Like, I feel like there was a little bit of a variety. I don't really care about boss fights too much. Like, I don't really care if it's complicated or whatever. I'm more focused on the story. But I also found, too, that, I mean, Andrew mentioned that your health can go down real fast. I usually focus on health in a game, and I fi- found myself, like, every once in a while putting uh, points towards it, but I really just wanted to focus on my launch and my energy, because I use that in my guns mostly, and then I did mods for health pickup, like, to make the uh, health pickup worth more, because I found that if you're fighting a bunch of enemies, you I mean, you kill the small ones really easy. If you start getting blasted, you just have to, like, smash B over to the health pickups, so I just wanted to put all my energy into my launch. Yeah, I did focus launch. What did you guys think of the mods? Did you actually feel like they were that helpful? I liked them, but I felt at a certain point, my weapons mods, like I couldn't get anything good that I wanted. And I found it really frustrating. It was all headshots and stuff. And I was like, well, that's, I want uh, my If it was crotch ones, shots, you'd be great. But I know. <laughs> I felt like 90% of the mods was just trash. Like there was just a lot you're getting. That you're just deconstructing. I don't want to keep getting like like number like level one mods. Yeah. yeah, I thought they were there were certain ones that were very useful. The one that modified the percentage of of health increased when you picked up a health orb. That was a good one. Or the ones that were just a passive like increasing your health overall, increasing your energy overall. Those were nice, and largely only if you could get the good ones. But yeah, I didn't worry too much about the ones I had. I think maybe once in the game there was one boss fight that the it was like the giant floaty thing that you you know it would spin in circles and you'd have to hit it when it opened up. Like that one, I changed my mods to make sure I had a heavy focus on extra energy and reducing the cost of things. But otherwise, I just kept the same things and only changed them out if I had an upgraded version of it. Yeah. <laughs> It's unfortunate. The mods, I thought, were a good idea, and I don't think they really utilized them until the DLC. Uh, just to give a little insight on the DLC, the mods actually got interesting and cool during the DLC. As far as personal mods went, they had some like unique gameplay ones where, oh, every time you use Evade, you actually regenerate 17% of your ammo. So it was like this way for you to kind of change your gameplay style of, oh, I'm going to shoot someone real quick, dash a couple times so it quickly replenishes my ammo, shoot them a couple more times... Like, it was an interesting mechanic. Then they had a couple where it's like, oh, low health, you don't consume ammo, or ammo is, like, less consumption on it. Whenever you evade, you, like, have a chance of 
gaining health. Like it was these weird kind of cool gameplay mechanics. And it's like, I wish they had that actually in the main game. I feel like a lot of this stuff is kind of like fun game filler. So, I mean, you obviously have like the different correspondence yeah. that you can read, but then with the mods, you're getting them so frequently. And then you're also upgrading and you have the side missions. I felt like it was all kind of placed there because the story itself kind of feels short. A little bit. It, it, I do agree. A lot of it is kind of filled with the side missions and stuff like that. I mean, I thought the side missions were pretty interesting, and you kind of got some cool stories with them. But I do agree, Liz. It is a lot of filler. You could probably just plow through the game, just focus on the main story, and beat it pretty quick. Yeah. And I also, I wanted to ask you guys. So there was a couple of times that this happened to me. Whenever I would, like, put up the map or something, or uh, there's so many lagging issues that I had. I was trying to get out of... Um, the, the tab that has all the correspondence and stuff and I'd be hitting B and then it w- I would be dashing in the game because either like uh, the map you don't use dash to get out you just you know hit the button again but the correspondence was like I'd keep hitting it and so all of a sudden I dashed to my death <laughs> happened a couple times never happened to me <laughs> I don't think I had that one happen to me and that does sound like something that would happen to me I'm not even trying to act too cool on that one but I don't I think mean, it did I feel like with the amount of times that it happened to me <laughs> it's kind of my fault <laughs> Oh, it's absolutely your fault. I was I mean, <laughs> alone in this. Again, as someone who is very prone to doing things like that, I can absolutely say that that is your fault in the yeah. nicest way possible. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask uh, also with the maps, did you guys find them confusing? Because with the maps, it shows you if you're uh, on that floor, like what room it's in, but there isn't like a, you know, an X to mark the spot. But there's obviously different levels for different floors. So you kind of have to find your way to the lower level sometimes. Did you guys like the the map? I did not. Overall, no. I think it could have been improved. I didn't think it was the worst, but it at least was like nice when you're doing a mission, when you have the mission active, it at least shows you on the map. It highlights the area in yellow, like, hey, this is the area you need to investigate for the objective. But I do agree, it was a little hard to figure out, yeah, what floor is on what, how do I get there? I think this game would have benefited maybe from uh, just a simple navigation error, kind of maybe point you, because there's a lot of platforming, a lot of traversal, a lot of verticality in this game, so it is very easy to figure out, like, get lost and just not know what to do. I noticed a couple times where I was like, oh, do I go through this door? And it had, like, kind of like the blue sparkle thing. And I was going the right way, so I wasn't sure if it was actually kind of navigating me in that sense. But it only happened. I only noticed it a couple times. But I, I will say too, Liz, like you're also very bad at directions. I know. There's I know. signs all over the place. Everywhere there's constantly signs saying this way to like security, this way to this place. And even when you go to a door, normally above the door is a giant sign saying like energy converter. It's the same with driving. Like I'm not gonna pay attention to the highway <laughs> signs. I'm gonna follow my GPS. <laughs> You were, oh, you were always those customers when I worked at a grocery store that always irritated me. That's like, where's the cereal? And it's like, let's look at the signs no, in the sky. No, no. cereal there. I'm not that person that asks where the cereal is. <laughs> I will go up and down the aisles as many times as I need to. <laughs> and you do in this game until you get lost and then ask for my help. Pretty much. Now, see, I, my so I think the map could have been improved, yes. for It wasn't the worst. You're right, Andrew. But it was pretty much worthless there really wasn't much need for it in my opinion because of the way that the signs directed you to that it did a very good job that you could just follow the signs they were very directional with their arrows like if you had to go up a flight of stairs it would 
diagonally arrow up into the right. <laughs> I desperately needed it. <laughs> but and 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 that on and that even wasn't trying to take a dig at you, Liz. I'm just I, I, that's how useless the map really was. If there was any sort of a key that like hey that described to you the you know the tone of blue that it was was a higher or lower level. I guess you probably could have figured it out, but I didn't couldn't be bothered to to figure that much out. I just followed the signs. But a key would have been nice so that you had some sort of idea of what was what on the map. Maybe mark a couple things out. Or if they had something like the map wasn't a live map where the game doesn't pause, but it actually did pause and had some sort of like a 3D map, like a Doom or something along those lines. That would have helped because of how much there's just different floors to this game. I was just thinking, like, randomly. Like, my dad just drives to Florida all the time. He's never owned a GPS. He doesn't need a map. Oh, that's <laughs> easy. I-95 South, just boom. All no, the but way. I know, like, there's, like, like, a town that he has to go to. He doesn't rely on anything. He's just like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Get there when you get there. Oh, man, I wish I had that, like, just innate compass or just I'm... reading ability. <laughs> I've lived I've lived in the same area for the past like ten years and honestly I don't always go the same way every time. I just go how I feel and I know there's a bunch of different ways I can get to where I'm going. Sometimes it takes me longer, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. You just you just drive by feel. My heart See? is the guide. <laughs> so you're always inconsistent when you have to ride to your, de- your destination? Yeah, I I mean work with- must love you. I wake up and I uh, walk sure downstairs <laughs> and I'm at work. Um, but yeah, I don't, I mean, within reason, I mean, it's not like it's like, oh, I, I took this extra road and now I'm two hours difference. It's it's like two to three minutes. It's, it's a very small amount. Shouldn't be running that close to your time. All right. Uh, <laughs> now that I've derailed this. It's okay, Keith, because I'm going to get us back on track because the next thing you want to talk about is the graphics. And... If you have an Xbox Series X, I highly recommend you just spend the extra money and get the Ultimate Edition. So I bought it before... I was kind of annoyed. For the longest time, I was holding out buying this game because I was like, oh, there's a good chance it'll come on Game Pass. And then it was on sale for the Ultimate Edition for 20 bucks, And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get it for 20 bucks because I love Remedy Games. I'm going to support the studio. It has everything. And then literally next week, it's on Game Pass. The basic version. So I have the ultimate version, and I have an Xbox Series X, and I highly recommend it. This game is gorgeous. If you have the TV and the setup for it, this is definitely a game you can really show off to your friends and show off the power of the Series X. When you play it, you have two different modes. You have whether it prioritizes frame rate or it prioritizes graphics. And when you do graphics, it only does 60 frames, but it has ray tracing. It has all the gorgeous HDR. It looks great. But I showed Liz. I had Liz try it for someone who obviously knows nothing about graphics or any of these phrases. I had her play it. Liz, did you notice the difference at all? No, it looked brighter to me. And that's like a thing with games. Like I hate when they have you pick the brightness because I feel like I never get it right, even though I do exactly what it says. I felt it looked brighter. When I first started playing the game on your Xbox, I thought that was like my favorite with graphics. Um, Which you were, when you were playing on my Xbox, it was just the basic version. It wasn't yeah. the ultimate version. Yeah, with the ultimate, when you were showing me, it just looked a lot brighter, and I couldn't really see a difference. 
But I mean, like, I was also, I mean, the little details were already there for me. So, like, for instance, like, the leather jacket had a ton of detail. So, I, I don't, I didn't really notice a difference. Oh, but I did. I will say that. <laughs> I thought the hair, particularly the hair, looked fantastic in the light. And a lot of these guns you have have explosions and just tons of little particles go everywhere. A good amount of the environments are destructible. Well, kind of destructible. Like, you break things off, but it's not like you can completely knock down a wall. But just the little details, really, really, really good. Well, I thought it was interesting that I felt like graphically with the faces, uh, the main character, Jesse, and then I thought they, the, the janitor was, like, next in line for how much detail they gave. I mean, the other people, I mean, they still did an incredible job, but I felt like Jesse and the janitor, and I was like, okay, they're putting so much detail into the janitor, but I barely see him. Like, where'd he go? <laughs> but then, like, you're constantly speaking with, like, Arish, or I don't know how to pronounce his name, I'm sorry. Um, but you're talking to them more, and I felt like there was a little bit less detail. No, I'm so glad you said that, Liz, because I didn't know if it was just me. Because, yeah, the main character, Jessie, her her facial features are fantastic. Her eye movement, the way her mouth moves as she talks, it it looks like a person talking. But then the very first person outside of the janitor that you meet, and I don't even remember, his face just kind of looked very saggy to me, which, I mean, it's kind of the point of it. But it, uh, what's her name? Emily Rose or whatever? Emily Pope. Emily Pope. Her mouth is in this constant, like, wide wide yep. opening and just kind of chomps up and down as she talks i'm <laughs> extra teeth yeah yeah and like i'm <laughs> i'm making it very dramatic i know but it really was just uncomfortable with how good the main character looks and then you see this and you go okay this is like a generation ago game this isn't next gen or current gen this is previous so i didn't like that aspect of it and i think they could have done better but overall i I did think the graphics were fantastic. See, I disagree with you guys. I I mean, Emily, no, I didn't have any issues with Emily either. I, I thought everyone was really cool. Even when the you meet a character, Langston, in the Panopticon, I liked him too because he was a character that had a repaired cleft palate. And I thought it was like such a small detail, but someone I, like me was in the medical he field, did like, look I recognized good. it. And I, I think was like, his hair was a little... And I was like, that's a really cool thing they added, like... Cleft palate repairs are generally kind of common thing, and it's kind of nice that they just added this character. I I agree, and, and he was one of the redeeming ones. But Arish just had a very like clay like face. It didn't make sense. He said Emily Pope had this weird plastered grin on her face all the time that was just uncomfortable. And then again, Jesse's fantastic. Like I, I don't know, it just didn't make sense. It. It felt like they worked too hard on one aspect and then just half-assed the other. The one thing that kind of first made me laugh, when you're playing as Jesse, you always hear her kind of talk in her head, have like a kind of an inner monologue. It's explained a little bit later on. I thought she was just talking to you as the player. But those moments always kind of made me laugh because some of the segments were really long. And it really much reminded me of the TV show Community, the episode where Chang is trying to be a detective and like he's trying to do an inner monologue, but it doesn't pause time. So it's literally like a minute of people just staring at him. And then he gives a one word answer and everyone just looks at him like he's an idiot. I, that's what I kept getting from with this game because somebody would ask your character a question like, Oh, what are you doing here? And she's like, Hmm, should I tell this person why I'm actually here that I'm looking for my brother and I'm trying to do all this. And then she's like, no reason. 
And I don't know. The I don't know. Kind of, <laughs> I'm not the director. Yeah, it always just kind of made me laugh because it reminded me of Community. <laughs> I can see that. That's a good way to describe it. I, I do agree, though. I, I love the facial features. I thought they did a really good job conveying emotion. I, I will say, I felt like Jesse's overall, though, emotions was generally kind of flat. Everything is just going insane. Like, I understand she has an idea that, you know, paranormal stuff existed. She had, you know, some experience with it, but not to this degree. People floating in the sky, the building shifting, death everywhere. And she's just very much like, all right, I'm here to do a job. And it's just like, do you not care what's going on? I'd be losing my freaking mind. I mean, yeah, yeah, but she has some sort of like weird astral demigod living in her brain. I think she's pretty okay with weird stuff. But this is like extra weird. Like you are traversing planes. People are being possessed. You've like... traveled across astral planes. But you're Once also... as a kid. You you're have a being that lives in your head. <laughs> you're killing possessed people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Honestly, it, like Langston, I feel like he's pretty evil. And you're, but you're killing these innocent people. And that's something that kind of threw me for a loop with this game, where it was just like, some of the people that you're interacting with, they're very clearly sociopaths, and you're just going around killing probably, like, good people. And you never, like, stop and think about that. Uh, Langston is not evil. He didn't, didn't care that the guy evil. was sitting there for a day looking at that refrigerator. He's like, oh. He forgot. I don't know. Yeah. I would feel terrible if I left someone looking at a refrigerator for 24 hours. Do your freaking job, man. He felt bad. And no, the he DLC, didn't. You find out a lot about Langston, that he has a cat, and he's oh, a cat okay. person. And then he does, like, a rapping video. It's pretty funny. I okay. like Langston a lot. But in this game, before the DLC, they make <laughs> him look really bad. Like See, really I just took him as absent-minded and just yeah. kind of like, oh, or or at the very least, he didn't really care. I mean, he was complaining that he couldn't go like see a Broadway show or something like that because he was stuck at work. But it's funny, actually, because now I'm thinking about it. I feel like the emotions as a whole of this game are very flat when I really yeah. put it in perspective. Yeah. Like, you have this emotional moment with Arish on the side moment about, you know, his six friends who are now dead and you collected all these things, uh, you know, that was like a trinket of their, you know, their fights together, yeah, yeah, and all these things. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to end this conversation. He's like, yeah, get out. I got stuff to do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's like, you're not the only one that's busy here. I thought that was funny. It was, yeah. but it, like, it, but I mean, the fact that he said it every time took away from it. And then also the fact that, yeah, you just had this deep emotional conversation. He's like, yeah, just get out of here. Yeah, that was that was my biggest complaint is like she says it at one point where she's like, oh, clearly these people are, you know, accustomed to death. Like this happens all the time, which also raises my question at the beginning is how do people work here? If death is so common, how do you keep hiring people? Because every story you're going, they're like, yeah, you've got to keep hiring people if everyone keeps dying. I know. You give them a lot of money. I also noticed with my game, quite a few times, especially during conversations and cutscenes, my audio and subtitles would go out. It only happened to me twice. It happened to me, especially the audio, but sometimes it was both. So I, I, it was frustrating when I was missing certain dialogue. Yeah, I only, well, maybe it happened more times that I just didn't notice that there was supposed to be dialogue and it didn't. <laughs> the, the one in particular I remember was the refrigerator guy because that fight took me three or four times to, to get through. So it like loaded the first time, but I kind of skipped through it and then it just didn't happen. And then it did. And I don't know, but I, I, I 
don't know. Maybe I just didn't pay a ton of attention. I just ignored it when it did happen. When there was talking to begin with it, I didn't care that it happened, I guess. I will say there, there was a handful of bugs and kind of uh, performance issues. Like sometimes when you do open the map, the map doesn't load. It shows, it says the names of the places, but it actually doesn't show the layout. There was a couple times. Yeah. There was like, I think like twice for me, I lost the audio. Um, I think both times were actually during the DLC. No, there was one time during the main game. I actually remember now. So, yeah, it is kind of disappointing for how long this game's been out that there is still some bugs with it, and it's still kind of buggy, but at least for me, it didn't kill the game for me. It didn't kill the experience. I do agree with you, Liz, like, losing that audio, I would just more be frustrated because it's like, I want to hear this stuff. I want to hear the story, and I got nothing, and you can't go back to it and listen to it. So it is a little disappointing with the uh, None of it's anything you can go back and listen to? Because I know you could go back and listen to, like, the hotline things. Yeah, if you in the collectibles, you can. But when it becomes to, like, an actual story moment, no, you can't. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I mean, you could go to YouTube, I guess. But yeah. I, I also really appreciated with this game, because um, I l- played it a lot with headphones. A lot of the times, I would, you know, clear out a whole room full of enemies, and I still heard the enemy music. And I was like, there's a guy somewhere. And I would have to, like, search for him. And I'd eventually find him, especially if it was like two two levels. But I thought that that was actually really helpful. Yeah. So for me, this is like the gray area for me in the game. I both hate and love the soundtrack and music. So I both I hated it because honestly, there's almost no music. And because of that, I also loved it because this this whole game is meant to be creepy, paranormal, just you hearing weird sounds and chants and stuff like that. So 90% of the time, you're just hearing like just weird twinkles or chanting. So there's very little music. But then every once in a while, yeah, during combat, it does a little bit of music, and I thought it was really good. And then, Keith, and I then, know you, you have some, uh, some thoughts on music. And then, out of nowhere, this <laughs> game hits you with... The buddiest of rock. <laughs> it is, I mean, well, no, it's not Man of Madon level. That was, that was like double butt, but rock. Oh, so this game is, it, it hits you with some real, real butt rock. And, and not even always. Honestly, it's just weird. It's like you said, it's, there's no music throughout the game. It's really just a lot of background noise and a little bit when uh, an enemy is on the screen. But out of nowhere, it just hits you with legitimate music. Guitars, singing, everything. Like the first time you get it, it's almost like a weird <laughs> adult contemporary song. What do you mean by adult? And I, I just couldn't <laughs> What's take an it. adult song? I don't know. I just remember when growing up, it, it, like a third eye blind or something like that, but but like bad or I don't know. But then, yeah, then you go through the this maze, this scene, and it forces you to like, there is no way to get out of it. This just growly butt rock. And I, I it was terrible, quite frankly, in so many levels. I in. It goes throughout the whole time you're there. It doesn't even stop. It never repeated itself. I felt like they just gave someone some audio time, and they're like, here, record a 35-minute butt rock song because we don't know how long it's going to take for this person to get through this segment, but it should be less than that. So just go to town. And, man, I was glad when it ended. I was curious if you found – there was actually a hidden butt rock song too. 
um, in the research area, very bottom floor, there's like a little lab for like, it was like an audio test. And there's a room with a chair set up with a giant speaker and you can hit the button and it plays like another butt rock song. It's not the same one. It's a different one. But I thought that was the one I was talking about. Oh, that was like the one I was saying, like the third eye blindish type of thing. Okay. So you did find that one. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, because you find it with the mold when you're killing the mold. But I at least mentioned this to Keith, he because he didn't pick up on it first. The band that plays during that long segment is the Old Gods of Asgard, which, if you remember, if you've played any of the Remedy games before, was the band that was the old guys in Alan Wake. So when you did the whole big concert segment in Alan Wake, that was the Old Gods of Asgard. So this was kind of them bringing them into the game as well. So I thought that was kind of a cool little feature. It definitely was. I. I noticed the band name because I was like, oh, that sounds like the band name for a song that I just listened to. It <laughs> sounded like the old gods of Asgard. And I actually just legitimately thought it was a real band. So they fooled me. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the music, I think, is just it's really kind of odd with this. I, I Overall, with the atmosphere, this game nails it. That one segment, I do agree with Keith. It is just it's out of nowhere. It's kind of weird. <laughs> It, it the one thing that I think was kind of funny about it is that you hear it because the janitor gives you his little Walkman and headset, and so just the thought of him walking up because he's so dull and drab and dark when he talks that all of a sudden you put on his headphones and it's just this heavy metal like screaming in your ears, <laughs> that kind of made me chuckle. Yeah. But uh, yeah. It was it, it hits you right in the face, <laughs> and there's no avoiding it. And it's weird too because even the end credits music isn't that bad. Like it's not something like that. Yeah, and it's and it almost bothers me the most because of the fact that as a whole, while the music isn't the, the highlight of the game, the audio track as a whole I think is very good. You you said it's the atmosphere, it's the voices talking, it's <clears throat> the hiss kind of in the background, just whispering almost or skittering across this a roof or a floor or something. Like, all of the sounds are great, but music, I guess, could be classified as terrible. But getting to our final segment now, achievements and I loved them. Far as achievements go, I highly recommend this game for achievement hunters. So the time to beat for main story is clocked in about eleven and a half hours. And by the time I beat it, I had 903 gamer score. The two I had, I just needed to farm a little bit more and I could get them. Uh, then, of course, I played the DLC as well, so I got some more gamer score from it. But I loved the achievements. The achievements are very much just progression, playing the game. There wasn't, thank God, there's not a lot of, oh, collect every audio log, collect every notebook. Because there are a ton in this game. And I hate when a game does that because it's like, I don't want to spend 40 minutes just looking for all these stupid things. It is just very much playing the game. You're, you're going to get a good gamer score at the end of this. I got the least amount. I didn't finish the game because I was just really into the side missions. I put so many hours into it. Yeah. Way more than 11. And I did not finish. But I'm okay with that because I was enjoying you're, you're it. You're right at the end. And I also really liked the, the looting and stuff. So I would search a lot. and But I got 560 out of... Uh, 1,390 gamer score, and I got 30 achievements out of 67. Andrew, you ended up with 995, and Keith, 800. So I feel like we all Ooh. did really well. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like it collected pretty well. Getting into our final thoughts here, try to wrap this up because we wanted to leave a little time at the end to talk a little bit about the story. So for me, as I said, this is a must-play. Absolutely loves Control. I, I thought some of the emotions were a little flat. 
graphics were spectacular. The sound was good. Soundtrack, yeah, could take or leave. Yeah. I thought the gunplay was a lot of fun. I, I thought, you know, the using the special powers, the enemies were really kind of interesting. You fight a lot of the same guys, but I never got bored of the combat. Never got bored of the combat, never got bored of the platforming. I thought the story was really cool. It is very heavy as a typical Remedy game. I think I'm going to give it a 95. And this is a very, there's a good chance this game might be the, my game of the year. Sheesh. Yeah, see, I I'm, I mean, that's just, I'm not even disagreeing with you other than that's not how, how I feel about it. I thought this game was fun. I definitely think it's worth a playthrough. The story is good enough that it's worth kind of following along with and driving the game. There's parts where I felt like I would be right at the end of the game, but it honestly just, I, it was weird in some of its storytelling, I think. The gameplay overall is fun. It may be my front runner for Butt Rock of the Year award. There <laughs> is that. And I know I'm going to get roasted for this one because I'm over here just talking about it's a good game and all of this. And I'm going to give it an 80 because I think it's just, very good as a whole, but it misses on so many aspects that, like, I could have given this game a 90 if some of the gameplay was better, you know, some better building of the maps, things like that. I could have given it a better score, but I just thought it was a good game. I think for me, I, it feels low. I was thinking an 89. I think the, the big downfall for me is that there weren't any characters that I really loved, you know? And so from that's always big for me. And I thought that the gameplay for, like, the Remedy games that we played, I mean, this might be my favorite. I loved the launch. Um, there's so many things that I liked about it, but I just wanted, like, more depth to the characters, to the story. I just felt like something was missing there. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm, yeah, I'm going to give it a 90. I'm going to give it a 90. <laughs> And just to round it off. Looking at Metacritic, 84 and 7.3. And a lot of people were complaining about the same things. Uh, performance issues, the story and characters didn't make them care, uh, frames per second, respawning enemies, and the confusing maps. I saw that a lot. Uh, someone who gave it a zero was upset because there was no free next-gen upgrade. They spent 85 for the game and the DLC, and then they had to pay 40 more for... The Ultimate Edition, yeah. So that really bummed people out. And then our fourth and silent co-host is back. <laughs> and this one had a lot of... I was trying to figure out what it was called. I, I It might be like colloquialisms. I always have trouble saying that word. Like quarry. Just, <laughs> cause, well, I, I looked it up and it said words like ain't is one. But it also said cats out of the bag. And he had a lot of things like that, like cats out of like I. It didn't make sense to me in English, but um, what was the one? Don't shoot the ambulance. Yeah, Something yeah. Like that, and, from, from one of the ones, I liked that one. And this was such a long post. I had to do it in two different sections for my free Google translation. <laughs> um, he said one. He gave it a, a one on this tip for characterized lack of respect for the player. And then he said that he took his ideas from Prey and Half-Life in particular to come up with something really very intriguing and bizarre, but undeniably exotic. Then he went on to call Remedy pretentious and complain about the combat. <laughs> and I went back. He gave Prey a six. I think that might be like 
his like number one game maybe i don't know but yeah he was comparing it to prey a lot and i just thought that was crazy that he liked a game that much no, they really liked Plague's Tale, I think, because it was set yeah, in France. Yeah, he liked Plague's Tale as well. I think those are the only two, right? Yeah, I th- I, from what I remember. But yeah, six just seems so unbelievably high. But he was actually praising um, something in the game. Ooh. But then he, the reason why he gave it a one was because of the lack of respect for the player. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't understand the lack of respect for the player. So for me, it's like it's it's very intriguing. So I feel like that you should at least get like a a one point. I mean, they kept reminding you. They kept putting big text saying, we don't respect you over and over. <laughs> oh, you know what? I remember that now. Like they ha- we hate you. <laughs> like, wow, one for the cojones on Remedy, man. Like, I, I just thought that was really, really weird. I don't, I don't know about Half-Life, but yeah. yeah, he's back. He's back. Sweet. Uh, nice. Real quick, and another thing. Uh, I forgot. I don't know why I completely forgot about this, but I want to talk real quick about the DLC. So there are two DLCs. Uh, unfortunately, Keith can confirm that they weren't included in the Game Pass version. But the DLCs, I will say, I highly recommend as well. I I think they're well worth the price. I think they're like eight or nine bucks a pop. Um, or like you said, like I said, uh, I r- highly recommend getting like the Ultimate Edition if you have the Xbox Series X. But the first DLC you have is the foundation where you are going down into the basement of the building, and the environment is really cool. It's this nice cavernous area with red sand everywhere. Just graphically, it is really, really cool. But my favorite story one was Awe, or A-W-E, actually, what it's actually pronounced because it's Alter World Event. But the story for that one just got me so excited. I have never been like so happy playing a DLC than I did with A-W-E. Is there going to be a spoiler? Uh, that will be at the end. So I just at least wanted to reiterate, like at least tell everyone real quick, if you really liked Control and you're playing it, Highly recommend the expansions. I thought they were a lot of fun. But we're going to wrap things up here, and then we'll do a quick story segment. I've been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can find me on Xbox Live at Firebird01952. If you have any game recommendations, please email us at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com, or you can send us a message on Facebook at GamePassGrabBag. Keith, I'll pass it off to you. Oh, hey. Or no. (laughs) Goodbye. I've been Keith. I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'm Liz the Noob, gamer tag, come on, I'm Dean. I'm on Twitter, at Liz the Noob. Noob is E-W. All right, everyone. So we're going to talk a little bit about the story. So if you don't want any spoilers, because I, I was going to talk about some of the DLC as well, some of the stories with that. So we'll see you again next week. But for those who are or, staying. Or soon, when you come back. Yeah. But, so as far as the story goes, so I did not hate the ending of this game. The ending, so... I know, Liz, you hated Alan Wake's ending. And I feel like when you're dealing with supernatural stuff, you got kind of one or two ways to do it. You can either wrap it in a nice bow or leave it kind of vague. So Alan Wake was vague. I like the bows, man. And this one I felt like kind of more wrapped in a nice little bow. There's still some unanswered questions, but this is why I love the DLC. The DLC actually did so much more with the story. So the first one, the foundation, I don't know if you guys remember when you're playing and you first meet Marshall... People talked about, oh, Marshall went down to the Black Rock Quarry. No one knows why, but she'd be gone for a couple days at a time. Come to find out with the DLC, the Foundation, that's where the Foundation is. And Marshall is investigating something down there. So even in the game, they were planning and already anticipating this DLC. So the Hiss have invaded the Foundation, and you get some new abilities, and you're trying to figure out what happened to Marshall. Really interesting. But, like I said, the best story was AWE. And it's because... It does a huge reveal 
that this whole game actually even I'm this is what I got from it. Even Polaris isn't an alien, but it's actually Alan Wake. And he has been writing the story. Because AWE, you are getting you get contacted from the hotline by Alan Wake, who is still in the darkness from the game, and he's still writing the story. And you're getting tidbits from him that he's saying, I need a hero. I need to write the beginning of the story. I need someone to come save me. I need like a, a hero. And so I think the whole game of control is actually Alan Wake writing it. And that's why there's a lot of this unanswered stuff of how people knew you're the director, how the hiss was able to get in. It's because Alan Wake has been pulling the strings the whole time. See, I think that's very redeeming. And it, I would be interested to, well, I'd say I'd be interested to, to learn more about it, but it, no, you just described it to me. So that is very interesting. <laughs> but does and that I'm change your perspective of the ending at all? Like looking a back little, at it? A little. I'm just still bothered by the fact that it just, it seemed very Shutter Island to me. That just like, ooh. He's been a patient the whole time. Like, yeah, no kidding. I got that an hour and a half ago. And the movie's only an hour and 45 minutes. But it it just, I didn't know where, it was one of those things that I didn't know that it was going to be what it was. But it was a short list of things. It was one of those like, okay, it's basically one of those three things. The one question I do have though, and the more as the more I've thought about it, so the game starts out with a director shooting himself in the head, but you go through like those three cutscenes where you're fighting back against the hiss, and you you go through a point where you get shot by your brother, you shoot the director, I think finally, and I don't remember what the third the middle one was, but it's like, is this whole game just kind of a loop? And I'm gonna throw out an old classic here: is it purgatory? <laughs> but to but but like I don't know, it just it felt like the whole thing was just some sort of a loop in that in that same sense. That's what I was I was afraid of at first too. But like I said, after playing AWE, I I think this is all is just kind of set up from Alan Wake, and they also at the end tease that there's going to be an Alan Wake two, because at the end they explain oh another event's happening during Bright Falls in the future. But yeah, as far as the whole loop, I don't think it's purgatory. I'm I'm going to say that. Well, this is the I, one time I don't think it's purgatory. <laughs> I feel like there was enough evidence saying like that no things are going on outside and this is a real kind of thing going on. But um that whole segment so what I got from it cuz also too I thought that was a pretty confusing part. I it was showing your brother shoot you or the director. So your brother essentially was like the leader of the hiss. And I think the hiss, because they say Trench was the first person who was possessed by the hiss. So I think he was the one. It was just showing a representation of your brother shooting him, but that's how he killed himself. It was the hiss telling him to kill himself. Yeah, because so the director essentially let the hiss in because of his own greed and was using your brother because of, again, his like a greed and, and lust for power, essentially. So... He wanted to weaponize your brother, and that was what killed him. Right? I think. Am I kind of getting that right? <laughs> That's the thing. Is they like, were trying to groom your brother doesn't... to be the new director. Okay, they knew, I guess. Yeah, they knew the two top candidates was either your brother or you. And then at the end, they realized, no, your brother's just too psychotic, and he keeps killing people. He can't be it. It wasn't. It wasn't that he was psychotic, right? It was the hiss that made him psychotic. Like he no, wasn't... I think it was because he well, no, I think it was because you had Polaris and he didn't. 
at least that's that was my take on it is that because you had Polaris, that was like short of your defense because one of the very first like parts of the game where they introduce her in your head, she fight helps fight back against the hiss taking over. Like, yeah. Jesse makes that comment. So I kind of took it as you have both that same sort of supernatural innate abilities, you and your brother, because of your exposure and everything you went through, but you have Polaris and he doesn't. But he was killing people before the hiss was even discovered. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, no, is that what I'm saying? I don't know. <laughs> See, I don't remember if it was before or after, but I remember the clip where Darling was talking about how he had killed somebody, and he was like, oh, I'll take the blame for this. Boys will be boys. We're saying in the entire world, <laughs> boys will not be boys. Boys are how you teach them to be. Like Boys will be boys. You're murdering people. What a freaking idiot. But anyways, um, so for me, I thought it was like he was so hopeful that he was it. But I thought, like, the hiss had already gotten him when he was saying that. I don't know. I just, I thought it felt like kind of just this weird cop-out of, I I didn't like the way that it ended. But I do like the aspect of the Alan Wake part of it. Like, that makes it more interesting because then it's really just building this bigger universe. Because then do we want to get into, is Quantum Break somehow all part of the same universe? Yes, because when you play Quantum Break, there was a lot of mentions of Bright Falls and stuff like that. So I, I tried so, looking through a lot of the stuff, and I tried to see if Quantum Break was in an Alter World event as well, but I didn't see any content. There might be somewhere, but I didn't see any of it. I'm sure someone's written some fan fiction at least. Because also, too, Quantum Break might not might like take place farther than this game does. I couldn't quite figure out what time this game took place. I mean, it, based on Je- the way Jesse was dressed. But the equipment's super old. Yeah, I don't know. I know they had smartphones. They talked about that. So, I don't know. It was hard to figure out where this game's placed. I think Quantum Break's a little bit farther in the timeline. But, yeah, Quantum Break does take place in this universe as well. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited because I loved Alan Wake. Really wanted a sequel. And even during our episode, I found an interview of from Sam, like the guy who wrote it, saying, you know, we really like to do a sequel. So, when is it coming out? Do we know? They don't know. Because at the end... It says an Alter World event's happening, and they said, but this makes no sense. It's happening in the future. And they're like, well, we shouldn't even be receiving this. We're on lockdown. We shouldn't be receiving these signals. So it's it's. I think that was their way of teasing, hey, the game's coming out in the future. It's going to be happening. If all three of them, like, all three of them were in a game, it would be so weird. Because they're all so different. Like, the music, the graphics, like... Yeah, but I feel like they do share I would love a it. lot of DNA. <laughs> I don't think... Sean Ashmore would come into it. I don't think they would put his character back into it. Why? But I think it, I I have a feeling it costs a lot of money to get Sean Ashmore. I know he's, he's you got yeah, Sean Ashmore money lying he's around. He's into gaming though. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not free. Yeah, but they can. Yeah. I but uh, my guess I, is I like video games. But if you're gonna put my beautiful face in a video game, I want to get some of that money. <laughs> yeah, but don't they? Remedy is a pretty big studio. They haven't had come out with They're too many huge. games, but like yeah. They're, they're not well, they huge, could afford them the first time, is all I'm saying. It's very possible. I don't know. I'm just that saying. That was back in, what, 2004, 2010? And I don't at know. that time, Microsoft, different times. they had Microsoft money. Microsoft funded that game because it was a specific exclusive for Microsoft. So that's, that's probably very, how they afforded it. That's how you afford Sean Ashmore's with Microsoft money. And the other celebrities for the TV show. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. still going to be hopeful. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I wouldn't <laughs> hate it. But yeah, my guess is Alan Wake 2, they're going to rescue him. 
and he's and might end up becoming an agent for the FBC. I think that would be really cool. But yeah, they already explained that, oh, we have an agent in that area. They gave her name. I think it was like Estevez or something like that. They're like, oh, yeah, she has a station there. So maybe we'll hear from her. So I think this is an announcement for Alan Wake 2, and I am super excited. I do agree. I think the story overall is, is it's a bit confusing, and I think there is just some stuff that's going to be unanswered, but I liked it as a whole. But I think that's going to do it for us. So uh, for those who are still listening to our ramblings, thank you all so much. Bye. We'll see you again next week. Bye, guys. Bye.